0: Only 9% of people making New Year's resolutions ever successfully accomplish their goals. Today, we explore why done is better than perfect by examining the success and failure of New Year's resolutions, even my own. Welcome to the Taking Your Time podcast. Hello, fellow time hackers. I'm your host, Jacques Fou. Welcome to the Taking Your Time podcast, where we help you with time-saving tips and strategies, we also hope to cultivate a greater appreciation for time, our most precious resource. Before we get into today's topic, I want to talk about this last weekend being Juneteenth. Now, uh, many of us have known about this holiday. However, it's never been an official federal holiday, which is what makes last weekend so special. It was the first time that we were able to celebrate Juneteenth as an official legal a federal holiday of the United States. Now, we all know about the Emancipation Proclamation speech given by Abraham Lincoln, but what is tragic and also interesting from a time-based perspective is understanding the timeline from the moment that speech was given to when freedoms were actually able to be enforced for enslaved people across the, 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 the current United States based on the movement over time of the Union Army. And so that's where Juneteenth actually comes about, was that the Union Army was finally able to uh, make it into Texas. And the date of Juneteenth is basically the date that the Union Army was able to announce the General Order Number Three, which informed the freedom of enslaved peoples in Texas. It's important to remember when we think about holidays, when we think about announcements of things, that not everything is cut and dried, that the world didn't change on this one particular day. It's going to be a series of milestones over potentially long periods of time, and that's how these things happen. All right, okay, now on to today's topic and my favorite maxim, done is better than perfect. What do I mean by that? That getting things done is better than trying to achieve something perfect that you don't get done. Looking at the outcomes of New Year's resolutions is a great case study for seeing how successful the general public is at being able to execute and accomplish many of their goals. I had my uh, own New Year's resolution many years back, which was to write a book. And I was able to finally do that, but it took a lot of failure over many years over decades, actually, each year, I would start writing a book, you know, at first, I didn't have this level of interest in time management, and time hacks and things like that, you know, maybe I would think of what I would believe to be something that people would be really interested about. And I'd craft the intro, the first two or three pages, or maybe I'd work on the middle or something that I'm really excited about. And I'd edit each sentence perfectly as i went along i just i'd stop my thought process i'd i'd fix the sentence and then i'd try to move on to the next set- sentence it was a very slow painstaking process a lot of the times i would have difficulty even getting started after that initial pass like i would not want to Do it in chunks. I want to have large blocks of time. I'd want to be in a very specific location, very specific setup, be in the right energy, be in the right mood. And so the stars would almost never align. And so each year I would, you know, go back to this resolution that I wanted to write a book. And then I would look at what I had written and say, you know what? I think I can come up with a better topic. I think that. This isn't the perfect topic and I can do something that's ultimately going to be better. So I'd even throw away the measly two or three pages that I had and I'd start some brand new book. And I I did this for year after year and trying to figure out like, how do people write books? This is impossible. I I just don't get it. What I have discovered in the year that I finally did write my book, I actually did it in in about six months. It wasn't a a multi-year, even though it took multiple years to get past two or three pages, once I figured out the secret ingredient, I was able to really accelerate that. And the the real learning for me was just that done is better than perfect. Getting the sentence that you have in your head out onto the paper is better than getting a perfect sentence. And I realized it it didn't matter what time of day it was. It didn't matter how much that I could do. It didn't matter where I was that I committed to every single day writing at least a sentence. Ideally, you know, five, maybe a few paragraphs, but at least something. And so there wasn't ever a concept of a perfect session, a writing session for me. It was just that I was able to, to notch that a little bit further along, that incremental progress. And so basically I was able to get something like, you know, a couple paragraphs done every single day. Some days I would be able to do more, some days a little bit less, and through that I was able to to finish writing the book in about 6 months. And I was happy that, you know, for the first time in my life I was able to tackle a large goal and get it done. But it was a struggle and it was almost a joke I think amongst family members of, "Oh yeah, yeah, he's working on a book, but it's always a different book and <laughs> it's always, you know, just starting." I think if you look at New Year's resolutions as a case study, you'll find a lot of similarities. And I, I, be, I bet that writing a book is probably on uh, more than a few people's New Year's resolutions. Uh, so are things like you know losing weight and accomplishing some other big goal that year after year they have been or you you know we have been unable to do that. Ultimately, I think why I failed over many years and why many people fail with their New Year's resolutions is in two primary buckets, which is goal setting and this idea of perfectionism, having things be executed perfectly. If we take a look at my personal example, that perfectionism is what held me back from putting very many words on the paper. My writing velocity was abysmal because I wanted to write the perfect sentence each time. I wanted to think about it. I wanted to edit it and tweak it before I moved on to the next sentence. Rather than, you know, using the concept of batching even that we've talked about in previous episodes, I could have just written everything out and deleted all the garbage. And that's actually what I ended up doing. But that perfectionism that existed prevented me from even sitting down to start because I I felt like if I wasn't in the right mood, then the words that I was going to put out onto the paper was going to be a bunch of garbage. What you actually find out in the process of writing a book, as an example, that a lot of really good books are heavily edited out and, and that may not necessarily be true of, you know, of all books. But many books have quite a bit of content that never even makes it into the final product. It just ultimately just gets cut, it gets rewritten, but it doesn't necessarily isn't done on the fly. And so that's where we really get into slowing down of the progress is when we have to pause what we're doing because we're trying to make things perfect or we don't even start because we want to get into this planning phase, I think is you know is a form of procrastination actually is to sit there and try to, overplan and come up with this perfect way of executing before we even start executing. And really the best way to learn how to execute properly is to start executing poorly and then correcting as you go along, rather than sitting in a room and trying to imagine all of the ways that you you might be able to fail. And then ultimately, you're not going to actually, you're not going to be able to predict all of those different scenarios and the things that you might think would actually cause you to fail aren't, aren't the things that actually do at all. I think this perfectionism and then the goal setting, right, which which was writing a book, that did nothing for me. That is essentially an outcome over a effort that takes a long, you know, period of time. And I wasn't a full-time writer, so I needed to squeeze this in to my lifestyle. And that goal should have been just getting words onto the paper. That's the real goal. Are you a writer if you have a thought of something that, you know, you may want to write, you don't know what it is? Or are you a writer because you actually, looking at New Year's resolutions, you see similar patterns. So in that one study in in 2014, 35% of those participants who failed their New Year's resolutions said they had unrealistic goals. So that's the goal setting challenge that I was talking about. Another statistic is that 33% of the participants who failed didn't keep track of their progress. And I would argue that's because they probably weren't making any progress. And again, those two things are really what you need to balance out, right? Having an achievable goal, the correct goal, and then being able to ignore the perfectionist tendencies that you may have will allow you to make incremental progress towards that goal. Even if it's not, you know, perfectly accurate, you may not know if you're doing the right thing right away, but if you can make that incremental progress directionally, then eventually you'll get there. So how do we fix setting the right goals and how do we avoid this issue where perfectionism becomes a blocker for us making progress. So for me, done is better than perfect can be achieved through three different techniques. The first is making sure that your goals are activity-based. Then it's about making sure that as you create those goals, you articulate them in a way that they become what's called SMART. So that's an acronym, S-M-A-R-T, specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time bound. And we'll walk through what that looks like. And the third component of done is better than perfect is the Pomodoro technique. It's a time blocking technique. I use it a little bit differently here in this case, but I can tell you all about what that means. So in this first technique or tip, that helps you achieve done is better than perfect is the way that you craft your goals should really be around the activity that gets you there. So perhaps losing weight isn't really a great way to set a new year's resolution. What might be better would be to say, exercise every day, focus on the behaviors that will actually get you to your goal and make sure that you can create a statement that, that is clear that you're focusing on the behavior that will get you ultimately to the outcome that you're looking for. You know, when I was looking at writing a book, I think writing a book was a little bit too vague. So my new goal ca- became writing a couple of sentences. I'm not a writer unless I write a couple of sentences every single day. And that actually became my new goal. If it took me a year or two years or three years to finish the book, that didn't really matter. It ended up only taking six months. But I think that's the power of setting an activity-based goal uh, is really making sure that you're making that consistent progress toward your goal. Another interesting side effect of making an activity-based goal that is focused on the behavior rather than only the outcome is that you get a lot of positive side effects. And sometimes what you think is the goal ends up becoming something else even better. If we look at losing weight as an example, if let's say the the actual activity-based goal is to exercise every day for a specific number of minutes. And so we'll talk about why, you know, that's really important, it being specific. But, but having that routine of exercising every single day will have many more effects than just losing weight. In fact, there is a chance, depending on how you design your exercise regimen, that you're going to lose inches off your entire body. And if you've incorporated weight training, you may in fact um, be the same weight or maybe just a little bit less or maybe even a little bit more. But physically, you will look much healthier and you will actually be healthier and there are a whole bunch of side effects. You'll have more energy. You'll be able to do more. You'll have you know, less injuries being in a fitter body. And none of those may have been your goal, but they ended up being benefits of changing that positive behavior. So I really think that making that activity-based goal, focusing on the behavior that gets you to the thing that you want is actually a much more powerful way of approaching achieving those goals. And then you barely have to measure it because you know you're doing it every single day. You can know whether you did it or not. So that I think is the first step. If you have an idea of what behavior you need to change, what then helps is to get a little more specific with it. And that's where the the SMART acronym really helps. So let's say you've decided that exercising every day is the right goal. Now you need to make it SMART. If we walk through the al- the acronym, S is specific. So exercising every day, but what kind of an exercise? So maybe you need to be, you know, more specific there. That's the S and that could be running. Running could be the exercise. Measurable is is another important thing. So that's where you add a distance or an amount of time. So maybe running every day for three miles. Okay, so that's specific and that's measurable. Then you need the A, that's achievable. So if it's three miles, have you ever ran three miles in your life? If not, then maybe that's the wrong number. Maybe it's one mile. And you can always go more later. But if you say, I want to run every day for at least one mile now, that's specific, that's measurable, and that's achievable. The R- it's a little bit redundant, but realistic. I do think running a mile every day is fairly realistic. So that's subjective. Of course, all of this is a little bit subjective. And then the, the time bound part is every day. I want to, if this is, let's say it's a new year's resolution, then I'm saying I want to do this every day for a year. So it's time bound. And so I know when I'm going to do it and I know how long I'm going to do it for. And so that is taking a goal and then making a smart. So that's the second step. So again, first step, making, make an activity-based goal. Second step, make sure it's a smart goal. And then the third technique, which is very important for me, is I have a huge problem with procrastination and wanting things to be just so before I kind of start making progress towards a task. For me, time blocking is a great way of handling that. The Pomodoro technique is one version of this. Pomodoro actually is Italian for tomato. And what this is based off of is those there's tomato timers, uh, kitchen timers that are shaped like a tomato because the idea is to break up a large body of work into smaller chunks of 25 minutes where you can really focus, but then take a break and have a, an effective incremental progress and where those breaks help you absorb what you learn, but also reset your energy so you can begin the next interval. Now, it's great for breaking down large tasks, but what I find it also useful for is it is a way of enforcing that I'm actually, it's a minimum for me. So for some people, it's a way of chopping up a task and that makes it easier to take it into smaller bites, which is true for me as well. But I also find it useful where I just say, look, I'm going to do this thing for 25 minutes. I'm going to work on this task. Maybe I don't have the perfect idea of where I'm going to start, but I'm just going to go ahead and run the timer and let's just see where it goes. Maybe the first five minutes I'm actually thinking, what is the most important next step? But that's okay because you do need to take that time in any moment that you're you know, not doing it because you don't know what the next task is a moment wasted. So the Pomodoro technique, setting that timer and just going at it for 25 minutes, again, even if I don't know exactly what I should be doing in those 25 minutes, I'm going to figure it out within that window. I'm going to do as much as I can and I'm going to make progress. And then I can, you know, make a check mark. I did one Pomodoro and then later in the day, I'll run the timer again and go for 25 minutes, and I'll check it off again. Did another Pomodoro. And so that is, for me, has eliminated a lot of the challenges I faced with procrastination, where I simply wouldn't start something just because, again, I didn't feel like everything was perfectly set in the right place, and that I was in the right mental headspace, and that I knew the perfect plan of execution. I just did it, and in that 25 minutes, I figured out what I needed to do. And I typically try to create a task that I could do within that 25 minutes that would still get me somewhere towards my goal. Again, those three things really, for me, echo the done is better than perfect sentiment and help you get there. And so that's making sure that you, you do that activity-based goal, making sure it's a smart goal, and then using time blocking techniques like the Pomodoro technique to be able to make sure you're carving out that time and getting that thing done. So I hope that was helpful. If you look at those things in your life that are just seem daunting, large tasks, but are also important to you and will fulfill something for you, those are great things to apply. The done is better than perfect, but it also doesn't have to be for large tasks. It can be for small things as well, where maybe you're just spending a little bit too much time when really you could just be finishing that task and moving on. So I wholeheartedly recommend this philosophy of done is better than perfect. If you would like to share a tip with the show, or ask a burning question that you've wanted to find a better answer to, you can text us at 407-214-4303. That's 407-214-4303. Thanks for listening today. And remember, life is how you choose to spend your time. Please use it wisely.